and welcome to Just Skids. I'm Esme. I'm Clara. Your hosts. Today we have a really fun episode planned. We've got a guest called Kim, who is the CEO. <laughs> what do you call it? CEO. Yeah. So she runs an LGBTQ plus Woo. matchmaking service. And it's Long. all in real life. It's all, it's non, no apps, no swiping. It's just plain old good old fashioned good old fashioned <laughs> bacon so we asked a few of you to send um send us questions we got loads of amazing questions that kim will answer but yeah uh, a lot of you wanted us to do a podcast episode about relationships and dating and things like that especially in pandemic it's so weird because like I feel like people are still dating, aren't they? Yeah. Because I understand why. I know why. I mean, I, I was. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I got COVID. <laughs> but I think it's really hard for people who live on their own, obviously. And they you still want to date. You still want to get shagged. You still want to, like, get to know new people. I think it'll be interesting to get Kim's perspective on that. So we just wanted to start the show off. I'm sure you all heard about Sophie, what happened with Sophie recently. So we just wanted to play one of her songs to, to open the show. This is Bip. I can make 
What your pronouns are, what you do, what you like, things um, like that. I'm Kim. My pronouns are she, her, or they, them. And I'm a matchmaker. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Um, and I really like um, kind of like being part of community and like creating community, especially with other queer people, because that's the most fun. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So where are you based for listeners who don't know? Um, I'm based in London and I'm trying to keep it pretty local to London at the moment because I want, I want to like hone in on local community. Um, it's really nice having friends all over the place, but it's also nice to have friends you can actually see on a regular basis. Yeah, so tell us how you ended up getting started with A Whole Orange. Like, where did the idea come from? When did you start it? So I started it when I was in Holland. I went there to study medicine and then um, ran away afterwards. And I was, I knew I was leaving soon to come back to London. And every single person in my circle at that point was queer, which is amazing. But nobody kind of like knew how to date. Everybody was just sort of like, oh, this person is in my physical vicinity, so I'll date them. And that's going to turn out great. Um, (laughs) But nobody really knew how to like flirt or how to ask people out or how to figure out if you're compatible with someone, especially when you're like in a relatively small dating pool because you find someone that you like a bit and you're just like, okay, we'll be together forever Um, then because it was really hard to find you and there'll be nobody else, you know. Um, So I was preparing to come back to London. I was like, I really want to do this. I really want to find a way to like foster community, especially in a place like London because as I was coming back, I was like following all of the venues and all of the people that I thought were cool in London to try and like, you know, come back and like walk straight into like a community, like straight into a friend group. Um, And it's just all very intimidating. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Especially because I don't drink, not for any particular reason, but I think that's also a part of it because most of that stuff happens when you're shit-faced. Yeah, that's so true. I I think like 
anyone would struggle to like move from a different country like just move to a different place or make friends wherever and find a community without alcohol even though i'm not yeah. saying that's a good thing i'm just saying like mm-hmm. that is how you make friends i can't imagine going on a sober date i would love to but i'm just so nervous i've been on a few sober dates oh yeah yeah but i, w- I personally I, I don't think it's as fun <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just gives you confidence doesn't it i think yeah. that's the main thing is you know when, you when you're quite it. it's like a different thing isn't it yeah it's it, it is it's always different and you know what it probably it never really ends that well mm. if you know what i mean <laughs> not always no but i think sober dates like so it's, it's like yeah. so much more genuine and not like let's just go out and drink together for the sake of having someone new yeah. to drink with or whatever um like i think that's actually a really good point yeah that would definitely yeah. be a better way to start something because the i mean speaking from my own experiences like the majority of my dates have been one time dates one night stands just drunken off tinder or instagram or whatever people that i didn't know or like but just did it anyway <laughs> Maybe that's just me. Yeah, that is that is dating, man. That is that is dating, but that is especially like queer dating because of the fact that it's such a small pool. Yeah, there's literally I I don't feel like there is that much of a queer community in Liverpool though. Like no, right. there is certain clicky groups of queer people, but there isn't like you know. And there's a few spaces, there's a few events, there's a few this and that, but it doesn't feel like there's a lot of people to date if you want it if that's what you want to do not really anyway or well, maybe i've just dated city. them all <laughs> well everyone's dated everyone yeah, in that's, exactly. <laughs> that's the problem <laughs> we should have more option in london I guess. yeah definitely so when did you start did you start it up last year and it, you've just relaunched like a few days ago yeah so i prepped it for ages like in the months before i moved back here and then in the months that i was here because I wanted to have, well, I, I've set up things like this before, like similar things. So in in Holland, where I was living, I set up a feminist network. And like the main driving force of that was like, is a very kind of different culture. Sexism and racism, especially are kind of like seen as just part of life and stuff that isn't going to change. So I was finding myself like really coming up against a wall when talking about these issues because like there was nobody really to back me up or to talk to about it like if if I'd just gone to a lecture and there'd been a really sexist shitty joke in it I wouldn't have anyone to talk to so So I started up a feminist network and the best part about it even though we did like we did parties we did educational events and every week we had like a meeting that was either like a discussion or um, a lecture the best thing about it was creating this community of people and like that's what I was so happy to leave behind was like this group of people that wouldn't never have met each other but now are like a support system you know and there was obviously a lot of um dating it got very incestuous (laughs) (laughs) um so I and I kind of like had some experience with that but I wanted to really make this a business like I wanted to make it like something that I could devote all my time to because I was making some money from it to sustain myself so I spent a lot of time 
figuring out how that would work. Um, and then I launched it, and then about a month later, the pandemic came along. <laughs> and transitioning straight to online just was not an option for me at the time. So I kind of waited until it was a good moment for me, and then um, I relaunched. It just happened to be Valentine's Day, you know? You know? <laughs> so you were gonna be a doctor, and then you were like, fuck it, I just wanna be a queer matchmaker. <laughs> yeah no that's that's exactly it oh my god that's iconic isn't it <laughs> <laughs> my mom doesn't think it's iconic <laughs> i do i'm more important <laughs> more important yeah so tell us how it works so basically i if you don't really want to get matched you don't like want to necessarily have me like focus in on what you're looking for and find someone for you. You can just sign up to be in the dating pool and that's free. There's like a link in the Instagram bio and that way you're in the dating pool. I'm not necessarily looking for someone for you, but if you do want to get matched, you can sign up for a matchmaking package. There's three different ones at the moment and they vary in terms of like how many meetings you have with me. Um, so it just depends on how intensive you want to do it. Um, and basically we just will video call and we'll just chat about what you're looking for, yeah. um, what you've been through, <laughs> what you definitely don't want to repeat again. Um, and then I dip into the dating pool and kind of like vet people for you, pick people that I think will be a good match and you'll have a good time with. And like, it doesn't have to be you're looking for your number one romantic sexual best friend all in one this is like it's lgbtq plus like it's completely open i'm trying to keep it like whatever it is you're looking for whatever combination if you're looking for a friend to be romantic with or like a partner that you don't have sex with whatever it is you're looking for i want to help you find that because i think that's another thing a lot of the questions i get um, love advice questions is like how do I disclose my situation to somebody else you don't have to if you're working with a matchmaker because I can yeah. um, make sure that they're cool with it before you even video call each other you know before you even meet um, yeah and it's like the same with poly like polyamory and non-monogamy I can help you find somebody who's up for that but not like yeah that sounds like a great idea in theory I've never thought about it before yeah. like, but I'm sure I'll be fine with it let's just give it a go you know like somebody who actually knows what they're talking about and knows that that's what they want um, I think that's like really um, important and like really valuable that you're prefacing that to people because I know that like a, it's such a a really really common problem in like people who are polyamorous or non-monogamous they will that exact scenario will happen so much and I've been there myself where you think you're okay with it or you think you found somebody that's okay with it and then all of a sudden everything just comes crashing down and loads of people end up hurt yeah I feel that I've been there too <laughs> I think that's a like what we were talking about before like going out and getting drunk to go on dates and stuff but that's like a really good way for people who like don't don't like going out or don't feel comfortable going out yeah because like it must be so hard to meet people when you're i mean especially now that no one can go anyway but like even like without that people just don't yeah. like meeting people that way so yeah there's loads of people who don't like meeting 
yeah. people just go, they wouldn't go up to somebody and say you're fit like let's have a relationship you know what i mean Is that how it works? <laughs> i used to do that you used to be unstoppable i know me. i would literally walk up to people i fancied and be like hey um do you want to have a sleepover and they'd be like they're literally like yes no, every your, time your line every time we go out this would be your line you would just walk up to someone and go hey we should fuck sometime and then walk away and it worked every single time I literally it worked <laughs> i was so inspired honestly it's a vibe like, honestly i never like i think people it it weren't me trying to manipulate people and just thinking wow who's that mysterious like sexually <laughs> confident person like i was just if i didn't get it out then i wouldn't f- be able to carry on with my night knowing <laughs> that something could have happened but i never said anything i know what you mean yeah but then it's kind of problematic as well isn't it because like now if someone came up to me and said like hey let's fuck i'd be like yeah, oh my god what? Like, what the fuck but like it wasn't like that and i don't know why i got away with it but i just did and I shouldn't have done, but I did. And <laughs> I shouldn't have gotten away I, I with think it. <laughs> it's because I knew those people already fancied me through my yeah. own like delusions of grandeur <laughs> about myself. <laughs> Honestly, I feel that. I'm I, digging I, such I just a hole. Everybody fancies me. <laughs> the thing is, is if you assume everyone fancies you and you're normally right, I that's, mean, that's maybe you problem. do have like a connection. Yeah, I know. And I, I think like, I've ne- I don't know of a- an instance where I've been wrong yet, so <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm disgusting. <laughs> I'm a pev. Anyway, can we get to some questions? Because we've got some really good questions yeah, was, that I think yeah, you'll have a lot to say. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. A couple of the questions <laughs> we got, you've already covered, um, such as Annie asked, is it a virtual thing or is it in real life? You kind of touched on that. Yeah. So basically, like, when it's possible again to meet up, I it's always better to do things in person because um, you don't have a lag and you can, like, read their body language better, you know, like, it's a bit more comfortable. Um, and same with dates, but at the moment, if it has to be online, that's okay. The awkwardness only lasts a second. So you said you want to keep it local to London for the time being, but because Mm -hmm. you're doing it virtually now, does that mean you are kind of doing virtual meetings and matchmaking people outside of London, or are you still just doing virtual stuff with people who already live in London? I'm sticking to London for now, which is, I'm very sad for everyone in Liverpool. I'm so sorry. Um, I just think that I want to kind of create a community with a culture and connect people up without like needing there to be like friends in common and without needing to be like you went to the same club night you know um but I was thinking about it because I I saw the question of like would you do it um across the UK it would be really cool to like set up different branches in different cities yeah that's what I was thinking about yesterday you definitely should at some point when you know when everything gets a bit more sorted and you you expand so sick yeah. yeah i think every, every city <laughs> like would a whole benefit apple. yeah <laughs> yeah a whole grapefruit <laughs> a melon <laughs> oh melon, oh, a melon. <laughs> this question's funny but it's really relatable 
I don't think they meant it to be funny, but it is. Um, <laughs> what What is your advice when you meet somebody who looks different to their photos? When, i.e., when they're catfishing, but they are the same person, but they just look seriously different in real life. Right. That's an interesting one, actually. I mean, I, I suppose we all understand why they would have done that. Yeah. You know, we we all don't look exactly the same as our Instagram photos all the time. It's actually, whenever you look back on old hairstyles that you remember them being really difficult to like style and like make look good, but all your pictures obviously look great because it's like the best moment of the hairstyle. You're being catfished by your own hairstyle. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> I'm always and getting it's the same catfished. Thing, you know? <laughs> They're putting their best foot forward and maybe with some face tune, but I think it's kind not to mention it. Yeah. And if it doesn't affect whether you like fancy them or not, just like continue, but be aware they might be a little bit insecure. That's, I think that's like a main reason why you do that. That's really good advice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we've all been there to an extent where, but then I kind of just, some some people it's the opposite, isn't it? Like, I personally feel like I look better in real life. Yeah, some people do. Some people know. feel like that. Some people don't have a lot of photos. So you, you paint this picture of them in your mm-hmm. head. And then when you meet them, you're not as attracted to them as you thought they were. And like, that's fine. It doesn't... <sighs> It shouldn't affect it, but some people... Like, it's fine to just be like, mm, I'm not, like, attracted to you in a sexual way, but we can still be mates. Mm. Let's move on. Do you know what I mean? Or just not speak to them again if you don't like it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I do think that's, like, an interesting question. I think it's something to bear in mind of, like, if you see someone's picture and you're not immediately like, oh, my God, I want to fuck you right now, you still might like them in person. Yeah. You know? Like, sometimes somebody's pictures are a bit dead and then you meet them and they've just got like this way about them like the way they move and the way, the way they talk it's like oh my god you're actually really sexy <laughs> you can't um, go off what's on mm. instagram or their dating profile yeah. or whatever like that's why it's so good what you're doing though because it does cut out that aspect exactly. of it a lot would you give potential matches each other's instagram before they would be on a virtual date no <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst thing that everyone does before a date is, like, stalk the other person within an inch of their life. Like, hey, so how's your aunt Susan? You know what I mean? Like, you <laughs> you know everything about them already. <laughs> it's kind of like a, like a blind date then. So, like, do you find out anything about the other person before the date? Or Oh, my God. I have too many questions. I'm overwhelmed. This is going to be, like, three hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting. So... I mean, everyone's so different. I've I've kind of like there's been some people where I've given a description of the things that make me think they're going to be a good match. So they're right. like, oh, they're super into this thing that you're into, and they really love cake. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> like, this is why you guys would be perfect together, or or at the very least, you're going to have a really good time chatting to them. But then if somebody is like very anxious about meeting new people maybe like has a bit of bad history with that type of thing then I would like show them a picture be like this is the person because like you always make it to be much scarier in your head right and before I match you with someone I'll always talk to you about what you're comfortable with and what is the best way to do things for you because you're the only person that matters in that moment you know 
So it's a very personalized so, yeah, experience. It's always different. Yeah. yeah. Although I would not give anyone anyone's Instagram because that would be <laughs> that would defeat the that. point of what you're doing, like completely. Um. Oh, what what was going to ask you then? Oh yeah. <clears throat> so like, this is just my own question, but like, how do you kind of navigate where? like how you think people are going to be attracted to each other do you know what I mean um because like it's such an important factor for most people like it has it does ha I'm not saying it's right but for a lot of people they can't help but need it to be an mm. instantaneous attraction you know what I mean yeah, yeah it's true and I think I think also that's like a big Disney thing that we've all been sold that like you have to see someone and be like you're like oh my god um but I think a lot of attraction especially queer attraction between two people who are like especially girls it's more of a slow burn like it's more of like a you're like oh I, I just really want to be around you all the time I don't know why like <laughs> and then it kind of develops you know um so for me I always ask someone like what would you say is your type and why would you say that? Like, why would you say that this is your type? Um, so I have an idea of kind of like the people they've dated before, the people they fancied before. And then sometimes I n know someone that really fits that description and really would connect with them on, on a deeper level as well. And sometimes I just like throw it out the window. I'm like, you guys would have a really good chat. It doesn't really matter if you end up fucking, like you guys would probably be really good friends. You know, at the end of the day, worst case scenario, you chat with someone for 45 minutes and it doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. It's not a big deal. So, sorry, I'm going off on a tangent, but I'm just being nosy. Do people ever say, like, because I think it's such a big thing in, like, quote unquote, like, lesbian culture, but it is. And I, it's something that I don't really, I try and move away from. I yeah. never used to, but I do now, like when people say that they will only date femmes or they will only date mm. butchers or, you know what I mm. mean? Like, do you ever, do you ever get that? Yeah, actually, like a few people have mentioned that, that they're more comfortable in those kinds of relationships. I kind of think the same as you. I don't really subscribe to that. Like it's, it's all a spectrum. And also you surprise yourself, you know, sometimes you just, all of a sudden fancy someone that you would never have expected. But, you know, I think sometimes it depends where it's coming from. If someone's like, oh yeah, like I only date femmes like, cause I like to be like more butch than them. And then sometimes it's very much like a, like a gender dysphoria type of thing of like, I really want to be seen to be like more masculine than my partner. And I really want to feel more masculine than my partner. It's not that I'm like unattracted to to butch people, but I want to feel like, yeah. and then I'll I'll be more cautious with it. But yeah. But you think it's okay on the whole for somebody to set to say that that's like a requirement for them? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is with with dating and stuff is that like, it's really hard to disconnect how we feel and what we want or what we think we want from what society has been selling us for our whole lives. And so people can say stuff like that and they genuinely believe that's their situation. 
and maybe if they kind of like sat with it and decoded it and did some journaling um they would discover that maybe it's not as important as they think it is but I don't think anyone is wrong for anything that they find attractive or any of these like boxes they put themselves into because they've done it for a reason you know like even if it's internalized transphobia internalized like lesbophobia like it still all comes from a place of rejection and hurt it can't be faulted in that way like you can't be annoyed at yourself or be upset at yourself for that like you just gotta get into a situation where you feel comfortable leaning into those thoughts and feelings you know and I think you must play a big part in decoding that because usually people wouldn't um necessarily address though their preferences or requirements outside of their own head not or not to another person not not to sit there and like list things that you would really like in a partner and then it must make people question like Mm. oh you know why why do I require why do I feel like I need to date someone who's this this and this yeah you kind of see it I kind of see it happening like in front of my eyes sometimes of like I ask somebody what their type is or the type of person they normally go for and they answer like immediately because they 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 know what they're looking for every time they're swiping through tinder and then they're like but I guess maybe that's because I have a lot of like internalized shit about this or maybe that's because of my first partner was like completely the opposite of that and that didn't go well and I think any time that that kind of conversation starts between you and yourself, that's a a good start. Because that's the thing. I saw another question that was saying, how long does it take to get matched up? (laughs) And I think it really depends on the person because some people are ready. Like they have been reflecting. They know what they want. They're like, this is me. This is how I feel. This is what I'm looking for. And then it's kind of quite easy to match them up. And some people, there's like a lot of layers in between them and how they actually feel. Um, And so a big part of matchmaking is like asking those questions that you can then discuss with yourself in your head on the bus on the way home. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody asked, how can you make the first move if you've never met somebody in real life? For example, I would usually go in for a kiss, but now I can't even hold the hand or anything. Oh my god, that was so full of sorrow and yearning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is real, especially at the moment. Like when you feel a connection with someone, but you don't know how to explore that. I mean, it's just heartbreaking the the situation right now. I think people are feeling like they're starting to date, and then they don't know how to keep someone interested or keep someone keep the relationship developing and growing without seeing them and oh god it's just wait for the vaccine (laughs) I mean there's so much intimacy that can be achieved like when you're talking to someone and I have like quite a lot of good tips for like virtual dates you can find them on the Instagram in the highlights um But like getting intimate with somebody in terms of like finding out what it is that they're about and what they're interested in really makes a good foundation for when you do meet up again. And it's like, I don't know, I just always think about, you know, in the Cinderella story. Yeah. (laughs) When they're like messaging with each other, it's like laughing out loud. (laughs) I love that That phone, you know, that blue flip phone. Yes. 
you should only flirt via flip phone. <laughs> Unless you're a teenager with like mad hormones, it's hard to keep something going for that long by a message. But I think what we have to do is just be willing to be a bit more vulnerable in terms of what we're saying. Also, imagine how good it's going to be when you finally see each other and you finally can touch hands and lips and other things, you know? That's so <laughs> nerve-wracking, though. Like, even though I am a confident person, like, it's literally happened to me, like, during the pandemic where I've been speaking to someone for ages. And then mm. when it was when it was kind of like... This was before this, this lockdown. Like, when we were yeah. kind of like, okay, shall we meet? Like, I was just like, fuck, like, there's too much pressure. I can't, I can't do it. Um, but, I mean, we did end up, and now, now, like, she's a really good mate, and, like, I'm I'm glad that we did. But when it was in a romantic context, like, I was just like, I can't, mm. like, there's too much pressure. I got those expectations. I can't do it. That's the thing. Like, pressure and expectations are the enemy of, like, doing dating well <laughs> do you know what I mean like it makes everything so much harder and I think that one of the biggest tips that I would have for anyone is to like try and just like take some of that pressure on like just like take take a lot of the emphasis off of it of just like you know what let's bring it down to its minimum outcome we're gonna meet up and have a cup of coffee you know Anything else that happens is just gravy, you know, like it's, it'll be really nice to see this person in, in real life. But yeah, when it feels like it's like, oh my God, this could be the love of my life. And like, this could be the most important coffee of my life. It's like, obviously that's not going to feel like chill and fun. <laughs> yeah, but most queer people are like that. Like there's no in between. Like I know it's mm. like an old trope that should be like phased out. But the reality is like a lot a lot of queer people and like myself included like are either there's no in between of being like super casual and like friends or mm. literally oh my god you are the love of my life like you know I'm getting like very intense I don't mm. know I think it's because we don't date enough yeah so every time it's like this is my last chance it's yeah <laughs> that's probably where it comes from yeah, though isn't it but hopefully because like of things like this like a whole orange and things like that and other things it's like if you are creating that community you know you have it to fall back on you don't need to like mm. place all of your expectations on on a relationship and I think another thing that queer people are great at is just like pivoting to being friends like as soon as you discover like this isn't gonna work it's like right we're best friends now you know yeah I know I love that so much <laughs> <laughs> Um, another question from the same person. Oh, wait, actually, I was just going to follow in on from that, what we were just talking about. Mm. Like, just before we got you on the call, we were having a little conversation about, like, how people are acting like they're not still dating or having one night stands or sleep or seeing people because of the pandemic, yeah. but they actually are. And, like, it like in my opinion like I know it's controversial but like I do think it's okay because I think it's really hard for somebody who likes dating and needs to meet new people and like likes to have that mm. it's like I kind of get it you know and I just I'm just wondering whether you like obviously it's wrong we know it's wrong but if two people who you match like want to meet up like what is that situation has that happened? I mean, you're right. It is wrong. We shouldn't do it. 
But there's like, there's different levels, you know? There's somebody that's like living with four housemates. It's not their choice, really. And there's some, there's like two people and they're both living alone and neither of them are seeing anyone else. It's like, well, you can, you can kind of make your own choice. But I think the most important thing with this pandemic and people balancing like staying safe from COVID and like keeping their mental health (laughs) in a reasonably good shape is that like you just have to be very upfront and open and honest with anyone that you're living with and even if there's like the smallest things happened and even if it was an accident or whatever and it's like oh it was raining and I had to run inside or like I shit myself and I had to go into that house you know whatever um you have to let the people that you're living with know because you can put yourself at risk as much as you want people do every day but it's not fair to do that to other people without their consent yeah I agree yeah as somebody with limited experience with queer dates I always feel like it's like coming out all over again how can I feel mm. more comfortable or less intimidated? Yeah, that's tricky. You, you feel like you're like a little newbie and the other person doesn't know that they've gotten themselves into like this, like one of your first dates and you're like, oh, I'm actually really new at this. I don't know what I'm doing. But ultimately, I think we can see dating as like this thing that's like a performance that we have to do it well and we have to like do a good job come across really charming and really experienced and really confident and then go home and be like yeah I did it look at me (laughs) um but what dating actually is is a conversation to find out if you're compatible with someone and for some people experience comes into it like I know people that are like I don't want to date somebody who is has just come out because I've had a lot of bad experiences with that And I really want to go for like a serious relationship with somebody who really knows what they want. But a lot of people don't care. And the best way to find out if you're sitting across from one of those people is to talk about it. And I always find as well, it's like when you bring up the thing that's making you anxious, it kind of helps. It like dissipates it. It does. And most of the time the other person will reassure you and like you know they're queer too yeah they've been there exactly (laughs) or they are there you know what i mean and you can like (laughs) navigate it together yeah yeah i think that's a really good question though because like queer dating is so different to straight dating that it's like it does feel like more of a big deal sometimes and it does feel it can feel scary um Mm -hmm. and you know I think I don't know I just I do relate to that question um okay we've got a couple more questions can we have time okay song break go on yeah can pick a song that we can play um pick a song oh okay hang on I'll be quick I'm gonna open my Spotify oh I just picked like I'm such an old man right now I'm just listening to old songs but I wanted to pick something new that I've been listening to um I'm really enjoying the music that Alex Loveless is coming out with, but I can't choose between Phone, Keys, Wallet and If She Knew. Yeah. I think If She Knew is like, you listen to that when you're in the bath. Is anyone in the bath? (laughs) Yeah, should we play that one then?
somebody asked, what's your advice for establishing boundaries between yourself and potential dates without having to retell your trauma or come across as self-involved and uncaring for somebody else's needs? I think this is a really great question. Um, I actually got a similar question that's going to be on the first episode of my podcast. So you'll get more detail there. Um, but yeah, it's really hard. It's it's really hard when you have boundaries that you want the other person to know about. Um, but you don't want to just like trauma bond on the first day and you don't necessarily want to get into all of it. But a few things that I would say is you might feel like you have this big responsibility to share all of this stuff about yourself with the other person, like that you don't want to deceive them or that you don't want them to like get invested in something if maybe there's a deal breaker that might be a problem for them. But unless you need to tell them in that moment, like maybe you need to tell them that you don't, I don't know, like you don't want them to touch you in public, for example, and that you might need to mention when you first meet them. But if you don't need to bring it up right at that moment, don't feel pressured to talk about it until you feel ready. Um, you can fully have a few dates with someone. They can get a bit invested. You can get a bit invested. You can get to know each other and get to know the the way that you converse, you know, like what their responses really mean before you feel comfortable talking about a boundary. And at that point, I don't know, sometimes something on paper might be a, a deal breaker or a problem for you but when you get to know someone it's not a problem at all you know like I think it's maybe even a, a benefit to get to know them before you share that if if your boundary is in that way like you can talk about it later um you also don't owe anyone a full explanation. Like you don't owe them your entire history. You don't have to justify anything. If you need to communicate the boundary, you can just drop it in. And if they are like probing you for more questions that you don't want to answer and being a bit of a dick about it, it was never going to work between the two of you anyways. You can walk away from that yeah. and that's fine. And then also not all boundaries need to be communicated. Like sometimes there's something that you're not comfortable with and you know that if that happens you remove yourself like and this especially goes for like extreme behaviors like shouting or um or like somebody getting physical with you in a certain way that you're not comfortable with you don't have to tell them that that's off the table I mean really the conversation should be about what's on the table when it comes to relationships but you don't have to tell them that's off the table if something like that happens like if they raise their voice to you even in like a casual situation like as a joke and you're not comfortable with that you can just walk away you can remove yourself like you can explain it afterwards if you want to but the boundary can just be you're packed with yourself like if this happens I will leave or I will hang up mm -hmm. or whatever you know that's amazing advice so that's what I would say I think, about that like it can be really hard to remove yourself, but if you just, you, you described it perfectly when you said it's just like a little pact with yourself. It's good advice. Uh, the same person said, um, as a neurodivergent queer, I worry that I can come across too self-involved on dates when I have, have to talk about myself. 
However, sometimes when I'm giving the other person chance to speak, I can't get over the feeling that I'm an inconvenience and let them steamroll the conversation. How can I find balance between the two? And what dating icebreakers do you recommend? Ooh, yeah. Uh, I think this is also a really good question. Um, It kind of goes back to that whole thing of like, the date is a compatibility check. I think that especially when you're raised as a woman, you can feel like your job is to make them have a good date. You know, to like give them the date of their life, you know, like really like listen to them, make them feel heard and whatever. But if you're doing that, you're not really able to show yourself to them and you're also not able to react to them showing you themselves, which is the whole point of the date. You know, you come away and you have no idea if you're compatible because you haven't shown them who you are. Um, And of course, like all of these things come from a place, like all of these things come from us doing something in order to to be safe or to be comfortable like it's like I said before like there's nothing bad there's nothing wrong you're not you're not doing anything evil you know it's just it's it's something that we've been taught to do and then I think just the way the way around it is to like try and reframe dating in your mind and like instead of going and be like do they like me are they gonna like me will they like me if I talk about um ice skating for two hours you know (laughs) go in and be like, well, do I like them? Like, do they listen to me gush about like my favorite things? Do they want to hear about what I care about? Am I interested in what they care about? You know, like, and let yourself be like driven by your interest mm-hmm. in them rather than like, okay, they've asked me two questions and I've only asked them one question. So I've got to think of something to ask them. Just like let yourself be led into conversation in in like more of a genuine way like more by your interest and curiosity about the other person and like whether you would work together you know but like don't beat yourself up about it because we all do it like it's the natural perspective that we kind of have from living in society (laughs) um so like don't beat yourself up about it for thinking of it in that way just like try and diffuse it because it's not useful and it's stressful yeah I think people also definitely have um like a not not necessarily a paranoia but they definitely have a thing in their head where they think they are a certain way but in reality you know it's never it's never usually the case is it people are like oh I'm worried that I spoke too much but everyone is so yeah like concerned like worrying about how they were but no one's like worried about the other person it's like (laughs) Exactly. What are you worrying that someone else thinks this about you, but they're too busy thinking what they did right or whatever. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Basically, the advice is just let Don't go of it. your <laughs> let go of your hangups about yourself the best you can, and just be genuine and honest. Yeah. Yeah, and like, just I, I don't know. It's it's not such a big deal if you guys aren't a good fit. It just means that it's not a match. You know, it just means you're not their cup of tea but that doesn't mean that you're not somebody else's most favorite delicious cup of tea you know yeah when are you when are you doing the first podcast oh so the first podcast i'm recording it tomorrow are you doing it alone um yeah i'm gonna start off doing it alone just answering people's questions wow (laughs) yeah which is probably why i spoke so much on this podcast like see here i am like talking about on dates like don't worry like just talk as much as you need to but i feel like 
even though I'm here to tell you about my whole business, I'm like, oh my God, I didn't even ask them anything. No, but th- that's what it was for. People, like, honestly, we had so many questions for you. I don't even think we got through them all, but I'm just going to direct everyone to your social media and they can find your mm. your podcast and more information because we don't have time to answer all the questions. But where, yeah. where can um, our listeners find you? So I'm on Instagram at a whole orange also on patreon just search a whole orange as well um and if you have more questions i do like free love advice on the instagram stories so you can get like nice visuals and then also i can do your questions on the podcast so you can either send me a message you can reply to the stories or you can send me a voice message to the email all the information is in the bio on the instagram amazing thank you so much it's been so good to talk to you giving some amazing advice i feel like everyone should pay you (laughs) (laughs) Bye. bye okay thanks for listening everyone i hope you all found that as interesting as we did we could have like kept on talking forever there but we only have an hour so see you all next time bye